And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Folks, the last podcast apparently was quite uh, interesting and entertaining for all of you, or many of you, I should say, which I really appreciate and I'm really glad to hear. And we talked about the 2010 Razorback football season and recapped it kind of game by game and just kind of gave my own little uh, outlook and and how I felt about that year and and being so involved and remembering it so well and some of the great times and also some of the bad times that apparently a lot of you enjoyed it, which is great. That's exactly what I was going for. I was hoping that all of you would enjoy it. Uh, It really got some, some good, good feedback from all of you. So with that being said, one of the other things that some of you wanted me to do was to bring up a few more of the seasons that I had mentioned that were in my running for the greatest Razorback football seasons of all time. And one of them, of course, being in 1998, I brought up 2006, 2011, all of that. And I think that all of them are worthy of conversation, even though I believe, at least again, in my opinion, that the best Razorback football season was in 2010, or at least the best team for Razorback football was in 2010. But I, uh, I want to do uh, the same thing, but with a different season. Because I think it's fascinating to kind of see what a lot of you believe and a lot of you feel about what happened at certain times in history. And to me, there's no better one that it was maybe a, as fun, as memorable, and as controversial as the 2006 Razorback football season, where they last time they won the SEC West and played for an SEC title game. But I look back on that year, and I've forgotten how insane that year truly was with close games, with crazy outcomes, with the controversy going on in, in the middle of the season as well as at the end of the season, all sorts of problems that happened with it, but still ended up being one of the more successful seasons that Arkansas had. And in some cases, and in some people's opinions, might have been the best chance for Arkansas to win a national championship or at least play for a national championship because they truly were in control of their own destiny heading into the last game of the season, the regular season, that is, against LSU. So I want to go through it, and let's do it game by game once again. And Talk about some of the moments, some of the things that I remember, things that stood out to me the most, and let's have some fun with it, and let's uh, try to keep it – I'll try to keep it cool. I'll say that because I am one who had a lot of problems with this year, with this season, with the coaching staff, particularly Houston Nutt. So I'm going to try to be as fair as I possibly can to everybody involved, but no promises, okay? Uh, Just no promises. So let's just start with – I remember the hype. The hype of a game, a single game, the opening game for Razorback football. They were going to be taking on in Fayetteville on September 2nd of 2006, the team that just played in the national championship, the USC Trojans. Now, Arkansas had lost the previous year back in Los Angeles by a final score of 70-17. to They had gotten smoked. They got drilled. It wasn't even fair. They were toying with Arkansas. And this was kind of a game where fans were hoping for some payback, but not really expecting much because Arkansas was just coming off of a 4-7 and season, a year 
to where in the first time in Razorback football history, and still true to this day, a coach survived back-to-back losing seasons. Houston Nuts survived back-to-back losing seasons, and it didn't come without any scrutiny. So much scrutiny, scrutiny that he was pretty much given an ultimatum by Frank Broyles and by the people involved saying, you better go get these hotshot players that we have at our high school close to campus in Springdale, dubbed the Springdale Five. The number one player in the country is a quarterback, which we desperately need, and he's right over there. They have a big-time wide receiver that he's been throwing to that everybody wants in the SEC. They have guys like an offensive lineman in Bartley Webb and a tight end in Ben Cleveland, guys that are really good, that are worthy of D1 offers, and they have a hot-shot offensive coach, offensive-minded, brilliant-minded coach that's ahead of his time named Gus Malzahn. And essentially, that's what Houston Nutt was told to do, to hire an offensive coordinator and to get these players. So a forced marriage, essentially, is what happened when these parties came together, and it was never, never going to work. It was doomed from the start, unfortunately. But people, as in Razorback fans, were excited because not only were they having some key players return, some good players, guys that were really good as freshmen in Felix Jones and Darren McFadden, a guy like Peyton Hillis who had been around a while. They had that added into the mix of a guy like Marcus Monk, a really good wide receiver that looked good last year. And then they got the freshman phenom quarterback and Mitch Mustaine coming in. He's adding another wide receiver. And they're going to run this thing called a hurry-up, no-huddle offense, which is so cool and, and so innovative and could really turn some heads for everybody involved, especially SEC teams who had never seen anything like this. So the stage was set to where there was excitement and there was optimism, but the expectation wasn't high because Arkansas was picked to finish last in the conference. People didn't really know what to expect. They were hopeful, but starting off against the number six team in the country and them coming into Fayetteville was not ideal. Well, I remember the, the fever pitch that was happening leading up into this game. Arkansas, uh, at the beginning of the game, they decided to start Robert Johnson, who did not look good the previous year, and people really didn't want him as quarterback. He, he played. Uh, Darren McFadden was injured, essentially, because he had kicked a curb in a fight that he had gotten in back home in Little Rock, and so he wasn't 100%. Uh, Felix Jones had the fumbles because Houston Nutt decided that no running back needed to get hit all fall camp. So guess what happened when he first got hit? He started fumbling. It was just a bad combination of everything going wrong to start, especially against a team like USC. So Arkansas really just couldn't find anything going. And they were in in a position where they were down 44 (laughs) to 6, or 44 to 7, excuse me. They're down 44 to 7. And it was just nasty. But people were still in the stands. People were still waiting, wishing, hoping to see the new quarterback of Mitch Mustaine finally get his chance. And he did. And in his first drive as a Razorback, he led the team down the field in a very effective, hurry-up, no-huddle offense that USC couldn't stop and that Arkansas scored a touchdown on. And people had felt that this was the beginning of something beautiful. This was the beginning of a new era of Razorback football that's going to turn people on their heads 
because it was so unique and everyone was young and, and energetic and pumped up. It all was going to be perfect. They didn't beat USC. They got smoked by USC, but it's okay because there's a long season ahead and they're going to have these players around for another year or two, maybe three. It's all going to be working out okay. So then after that game, Mitch Mustaine was named starter. Surprise to no one. And Arkansas welcomed Utah State home in Fayetteville where they got a victory 20 to nothing. Nothing too crazy. It's kind of struggling offensively, but the defense was solid, very solid. And Arkansas still trying to work out some of the kinks offensively. Then their next big test is, yes, and it was a big test, going on the road to Vanderbilt. Now, Vanderbilt and Arkansas hadn't played each other in quite some time. And Vanderbilt was, at this point in time, still the, the doormat of the SEC, just to put it lightly. They weren't considered to be any sort of program. And Arkansas found some times where they looked good, and I know a pass. But in fact, really, if you go back to that box score and look at what Arkansas did in this game, it wasn't because of Darren McFadden or Felix Jones. I mean, they did okay. McFadden only had 71 yards on 19 carries. Felix Jones only had 78 yards on 11 carries. Again, it was just not very good. But what happened was is that Mitch Mustaine actually is the one that came to the rescue in this game. He was 13 of 20 for 224 yards, three touchdowns, and only one pick. He had the big gainer to Marcus Monk through a touchdown to him, as well as to Ben Cleveland and to Peyton Hillis. Now, luckily for Arkansas, Vanderbilt <laughs> missed an extra point. And then when they went for two trying to tie it, they didn't get it, and Arkansas got out with a victory. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't perfect, but it was a victory nonetheless. And Arkansas finally got things going where they go on the road in the SEC and get a nice big victory against Vanderbilt and move on to Alabama. Now, Alabama, this game was, as you all remember, one that was controversial that Arkansas shouldn't have won. But they did in overtime, 24-23, to because of Lee Tiffin. Lee Tiffin could not, the kicker for Alabama could not miss a, hit a field goal, he missed the extra point in overtime, which is what gave Arkansas the victory. Mitch Mustaine was not good in this game, but he ended up making the game-winning pass to Ben Cleveland, and Arkansas is now 2-0 and in conference play, and through the first quarter of the season, they're 3-1. and They're back on track. Things are feeling good, and what's sad is that's the last time Arkansas beat Alabama. It sucks, but it's true. But then they have another big test, a team that's even better than USC. And they have to go on the road to play them. No easy task. But one that Arkansas felt confident walking into. As they're about to go on the road to number two in the country, Auburn. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So Arkansas heads on the road to Auburn, the number two team in the country, where it's not exactly an ideal situation because Auburn has looked so good as the season has gone on. They've had some really good wins. Tommy Tuberville has a team that is 
worthy of being in consideration for a national championship. They got a guy named Kenny Irons that everybody's just drooling over because he's such a good running back. They had a guy at the quarterback named Brandon Cox who was a young player but very good, very talented. And they, they had it all. It certainly seemed like it. They had all the pieces coming together, and this was going to be a big year for Auburn. And Arkansas coming into their place, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. But this wasn't, from the get-go, a tough one for Arkansas. This was a game where, from beginning to end, they dominated. They played about as good as you could ask. And even though you got to give a lot of credit to the defense, for sure, for only holding Auburn to 10 points as Arkansas won 27-10, which you really had to look back on, was Darren McFadden's coming-out party. Darren McFadden was going up against a defense in Auburn that was really good. And Darren McFadden has 28 carries for 145 yards and a touchdown, while Felix Jones packs in another 100 yards on 13 carries as well. Those guys were just completely and totally in the mix at all times. They had introduced this play to Reggie Fish where they had him hide behind the offensive line and him run it, which he got a 28-yard gain on third down. People were like, wow, look at this innovative offense, this wildcat thing that they're running. What is, what is this? They keep snapping it to Darren McFadden. What is this? It's crazy, but it's working. All this new innovative offense. Wow, this is mind-blowing. This is really fun to watch. It's really fun to be a part of. And the best thing is, is Mitch Mustaine didn't have to do much because he goes 7 of 10 for 87 yards and a touchdown. This is great. We love this. We want to see more of this. And it all just kicked off from there. Every, Arkansas put everybody on notice that this is not the same team you saw in week one with the freshman phenom quarterback, Mitch Mustaine, with McFadden and Jones and Hillis, with this Wildcat formation, with this Gus Malzahn, this high school coach running this offense. They went on the road and upset the best team in the SEC at the time and beat them by 17 points. Holy cow. What has happened here? Well, Arkansas continues on where they come back home with the 17th ranked team in the country and they beat Southeast Missouri State 63 to 7. Exactly what a good team should do. Then they welcome in Ole Miss where they're now 15th in the country. And guess what they do? They win 38 to 3. They blow out the Ole Miss Rebels. Then they play the Louisiana Monroe, another Sun Belt team in Little Rock this time. And they destroy them 44-10. So not only are you having this team win, but you're having this team win at a high clip. But going on the road to South Carolina is always a tough one too because now you got to cross the country and go over to a Lou Holtz coach team. Or excuse me, those are Steve Spurrier coach team. This is after Lou Holtz. Didn't make sure you get the years right. But Steve Spurrier is still new there, but an iconic coach, a Hall of Fame coach. And he has a pretty solid squad, a, a scrappy squad. Where Arkansas needs some plays at the end, but they get the victory 26-20. to 20. They win it. And now Arkansas is the number 11 team in the country where they come back to Fayetteville to take on the number 13 team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers on November 11th, where what happens? For the first and only time in Arkansas Razorback football history, they hosted College Game Day. 
College game day came to Arkansas, came to Fayetteville. The crowd was there, and they were electric for a 6 o'clock game. It's freezing cold. Nobody cared. The game was great from beginning to end. Arkansas dominated that one. They beat Tennessee 31-14. to Philip Fulmer infamously says, we got to tackle his butt. He's all man when he's talking about Darren McFadden. They had no answer for him. But Arkansas blitzkrieg Tennessee gave him no chance to win. And Arkansas moves on to play Mississippi State on the road where they are now the number five team in the country. They are a top five team. They go on the road to Mississippi State where they take care of business 28-14. to And now Arkansas is riding a 10-game winning streak. Ten straight wins. They have won the SEC West by beating Mississippi State. They are playing in the SEC title game no matter what. And everyone is rejoicing, and it's glorious, and people are losing their minds, and it's so much fun because Arkansas is legit now. They're legit. But it didn't go according to their plans because against South Carolina earlier and a few weeks prior, probably should have mentioned this then, but they benched Mitch Mustaine, freshman quarterback, because he threw a bad pick. They benched him. Which it wasn't great, but people still felt, well, he, he won us eight games as a starter. It wasn't perfect, but I mean, you still you don't want to bruise a kid's confidence like that as a true freshman. Well, they benched him and put Casey Dick in. Casey was fine, South Carolina, against Tennessee, even against Mississippi State. But now you are welcoming in a top ten team in LSU. The Tigers, who were number nine in the country. They weren't playing for an SEC West title because you had already won that. But what they were doing is that they were playing for a possible Sugar Bowl appearance because they knew that was still a possibility. But Arkansas was riding an all-time high. They were number five in the country. This game was in Little Rock at War Memorial Stadium. They had a Darren McFadden running back that was up for the Heisman. He was a Heisman finalist. Everyone knew he was going to be a Heisman finalist. And he had a great game, the big 80-yard touchdown run that just put everybody wow as he blitzed through the entire secondary of LSU and ran all the way to the end zone not even looking back it was phenomenal one of my favorite plays of Darren McFadden but unfortunately in this game like so many other games there was poor play by particular players that really cost Arkansas Darren McFadden was phenomenal because he goes for 182 rushing yards two touchdowns Felix Jones puts in 137 rushing yards and a touchdown. Both of them are averaging over eight and a half yards a pop. But the problem was the quarterback position for Arkansas, where Casey Dick goes three of 17 for 29 yards with a touchdown and a pick. It was also part of it was the fact that Arkansas kicked to Trendon Holiday, where he returned the uh, – kickoff for a touchdown ensuing on Derrick McFadden's 80-yard run. And it was too little too late. Arkansas loses to the LSU Tigers by a final score of 31-26. to They're still on the SEC. What? West, I should say. They're still going to play in the SEC championship. But the problem is, is that now Arkansas is not playing for a national championship. Where if they would have beaten LSU... They would have been in the driver's seat. They would have been taking on the Florida Gators in the SEC title game for the national 
championship game. Essentially. Because <laughs> Florida ended up winning the championship that year. But the point is, is that Arkansas had something still to play for. Not the national championship anymore. That dream was dashed. But a Sugar Bowl. Still, the best bowl game you could get in the SEC, that's not the national championship game. And they could hand Arkansas the very first SEC championship victory, SEC championship crown, the title, the trophy, all of that. It's going to be the first opportunity as they're going to take on Urban Meyer, fairly new coach to Florida, who also had a freshman phenomenal quarterback that was getting some playing time by the name of Tim Tebow. And they were facing them in the SEC championship game with a 10-2 and record. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So here comes the big game, Arkansas and Florida, SEC championship game, where it's all on the line. Number Florida, four is number four, Arkansas is number eight. It is a lot on the line in this one. Arkansas fans were very hopeful, though. They felt like this could be it. They, they could rebound and, and let that LSU loss get behind them and, and really, really get back on top, get things going the way they were supposed to once again. It didn't start that way. As Florida gets up early, 17 to nothing on Arkansas. It's just not looking good. Chris Leak and getting passes from Percy Harvin, throwing it to Percy Harvin, who was had a big game there, which he's done well in the NFL. It's amazing how loaded this team was. Uh, Tim Tebow was running some packages here and there as a rusher. Uh, it, it was just a, a star-studded team on Florida, and looked like Arkansas was looking at the moment like it was too big for them. But then a spark happened. As Marcus Monk gets a 48-yard touchdown pass from Casey Dick to where they, they strike, get back into it late in the second quarter. And then the start of the third quarter, they are rolling now because Felix Jones gets a two-yard pass from Darren McFadden in the Wildcat formation. Now it's 17-14. to 14. Then Arkansas intercepts a pass from Chris Leak from Antoine Robinson, the defensive lineman, where he goes 40 yards with a touchdown. And they have Arkansas scored 21 unanswered points. The momentum is all in their favor because the very next play, next possession for Florida, they get stopped on three and out with three and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Arkansas is up has a 21 unanswered point, and they have the lead at this point as well, where they're up 21 to 17. And if Arkansas can keep this going and they can get up 31 to 21. It feels like it's almost out of reach for the Florida Gators. Until Florida punts it after going three and out. And Reggie Fish doesn't field the punt properly. Um, tries to catch it over his shoulder, to which he touches it. He doesn't catch it. Ball goes into the end zone. Florida recovers, and they regain the lead. And then Arkansas goes three and out the next possession. They give it back to Florida, and then Percy Harvin goes 67 yards for a touchdown. And now what looked like you were going to be up, 28-17, to 17, now you're down 31-21. to 21. 
Now, Felix Jones got a pass from Cedric Washington in a fancy play with 12 and a half to go to cut it to 31 to 28. So at least you got something back. Florida's offense was too much too late as they get another touchdown and they get the victory 38 to 28. Handing Arkansas another loss that felt like they should have won. Darren McFadden only had 73 yards rushing. Felix Jones had 57 yards rushing. It's a tough go offensively for the most part, but still felt like Arkansas was the better team. So now the national championship hope was gone. The SEC championship hope is gone. And what awaits them at the end of the year is a Capital One Bowl game. Not the worst, but certainly not as good as you would have hoped. Especially in the fact that Arkansas lost the Capital One Bowl to Brett Bielema's Wisconsin football team by a final score of 17-14. to 14. Arkansas goes 10-4 and four on the year, ends the season on a three-game losing streak, and that really wasn't even the worst part of it. Mitch Mustaine transfers out to USC. Damian Williams transfers out to USC. Gus Malzahn leaves Arkansas as the offensive coordinator to become the co-offensive coordinator at Tulsa. There were emails written. There were things that were not handled right at all. The ego of Houston Nutt got in the way of what could have been something great and something successful. The bruised egos of young players and young coaches also got in the way. What could have been something great at Arkansas ended up being tarnished forever because of attitudes, egos, sensitive people, all of that. Instead of overlooking each other's differences and saying, let's look at what we have, look how good we have it, let's make this work, let's all get on the same page and make this work. Instead of that, you had the result that you had where you ended the season on a three-game losing streak, which 10-4 and is nothing to sneeze at. But when you knew it could have been better and should have been better, especially if you just would have let things happen and let the plays go the way they were supposed to, what a difference it could have made. Or Arkansas arguably could have won a national championship, at least played for one. I remember the season fondly. As Darren McFadden gets a Heisman runner-up, which was a lot of crap we could spend another podcast on. They said he couldn't get it because he was a sophomore, even though the next year a sophomore won it for the first time in Tim Tebow. Troy Smith won it. He didn't deserve it. There were a lot of good things that happened that year. A lot of fun times and fun games that happened that year as well. But it was tarnished. It'll never be looked at the same way. And it's unfortunate because that could have been the start of something beautiful. Gus Malzahn could have risen himself up to being one of the great offensive coordinators in the country. Maybe even getting a coach-in-waiting title where he could have just slid in as the head, next head coach of Arkansas once Houston Nutt stepped down. They could have given him the reins and he could have picked up right where all that left off. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Didn't happen. But it was a fun season. It was memorable. And I hope that Arkansas can have another year like that, where not only were they a great team, but they had the best player in the country on their team, and everyone knew it. It's sad to think about, 
but it's also fun to relive. Man, oh man, how can you believe that was 14 years ago? But yet here we are. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and on Google Play. Get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. See you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 